1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
2: There's two reasons why you're listening to this today. One, you know me and support me. Two, you're a nosy old shy. Either way, I'm happy to have you. You're listening to episode seven of the Unedited Podcast. You think you can handle it? Do You think you could? Do you think you could handle it? Do you think you could? So today I am very, very excited to be back. And this time I'm back with somebody who I actually originally wanted to talk to when I decided to set out this podcast. So for those of you that do not know, I have a small business in Fingers Village. I do eyebrows and many different beauty treatments. And it's the communication and the relationships that I build with people that I love the most about my job and I learned so much about them and this particular lady is a client of mine and I learned a little bit about her and I just loved her attitude and her energy and I just think she's an absolute force so I wanted to share her with you today so very welcome Claire. Hi thanks for having (laughs) me. (laughs) You're very welcome and I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. Uh, one of the first reasons that I was kind of blown away from you was one, when I found out that you had so many children and then all what you were doing with your life. But then it, it just got even more interesting and better for me because it was your attitude in your life that I loved the most. So just explain to people what your day job is, your extracurricular activities, <laughs> <laughs> and then a little bit about your personal life.
3: Yeah, so um, I'm Claire Carey and I'm from Ballymun. Um, I manage a youth project up in Ballymun and I have five children at home and I also own a business, a baby accessories and gifts business called Nancy Days. Now,
2: yeah. see... Yeah. take that all in (laughs) so basically I think probably I'm guilty of it as well and one of the first questions I asked it, I think and I'm sure many people do is how do you do it all but the question I want to ask you today is how you
3: feel when people ask you how do you do it all yeah I suppose you just kind of take it in your stride like you know when people say that to you you're always like
1: ah yeah you
3: know yourself (laughs) you just manage it you just you figure it out And that is like a lot of the week or the days are just trying to figure it out and just trying to put a shape on the day or the week and, you know, plan ahead. But I try not to plan too far ahead because I find that kind of makes me a bit anxious and stuff like that. So Mm. I try and take, as the years have gone on, I've kind of learned to try and take things in my stride and uh, kind of run with things. Now, obviously... With the amount of kids in the house, I have to be a bit organised, you know. Yeah, but um. But also flexible because they're so yeah. unpredictable. Things change yeah. like daily, especially like if, it, if when the kids are sick or something like that. Yeah. Um. And then my job like in Ballymun is like it's full on. I, yeah. Like I absolutely love it. I love Ballymun. I love the people in Ballymun. I love the young people in Ballymun. Mm. And they know I love them. Yeah. Um. And what sort
2: of hours do you work in that role? Well,
3: that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It can be very unpredictable as well. It can be long hours. Yeah. Um, so I would go in in the mornings when two of the smallest kids, two of the girls are in creche and the rest are in school. And then i will probably take the afternoon off as much as I can. And then I'll go back in the evening when my partner John comes in from work mm. and uh, I could be out till nine o'clock at
0: night.
3: Yeah. That's usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then the rest of the week... I'll try to finish up a little bit earlier and stuff like that but you never know you could get a call I work with a lot of young people in particular that um we're calling them kind of the hard to reach young people so they're basically young people that don't really engage in other services in Ballymun mm. but they come to to our project so uh, I'd work very closely with those young people especially the lads or the young women and stuff like that and um So you could get a call morning, noon and night for different reasons. There could be something going on or they need a bit of support or, Mm. you know, they're trying to find housing or they need a passport. (laughs) They're usually the things they ring me for, do you know what I mean? Or they're trying to get a job, need help with a CV and stuff. So Mm. you're kind of on the clock, Monday to Friday anyway. You know, they do know I take the weekends off. So sometimes you might hear from someone if it's an emergency or something like that. But most of the time. They know I'm off the clock at the weekends and they don't contact me, but um, like so you
2: kind of have this like emotional responsibility to like more yeah. than five kids, really. Like, you have a yeah. whole community of kids that you're looking after. <laughs> yeah. That's heavy,
3: yeah. It well, can get very heavy yeah. at times, like, and you have to kind of look after yourself in the work as well. I find, mm. um, you know. Like you have to mind yourself It can mm. get very heavy And there's a lot of young people Like in Balimund That just have a lot going on for them Yeah And yeah when You're taking on As you said You're taking on all their emotions All the time And I think if you don't do that Like it's hard to be good At that type of work If you're not that type of person Yeah But you also have to look after yourself And look after your own kids Like there was a There was stuff going on there A few weeks ago in Balimund And there was a lot of serious stuff Going on with mm. gangs And you know there was guns getting produced and there was you know it was getting quite dangerous and my own partner john said to me you know claire like you have to think you have your own kids at home that you need to go home to you need to be safe and you need and i had to kind of take a little step back and say right that's okay i can't drive into that area for a while or i can't have that young person yeah because they're driving minibus for work i I, right. I, I can't jackets. have yeah <laughs> and for my own kids uh i can't have certain young people in the minibus yeah. for a while until oh, this dies a, down yeah, yeah you know because i have to go home and be well emotionally well mentally well yeah. um, and physically present have to present yeah. for, for my own kids like as yeah, well so. definitely yeah
2: it's amazing isn't it that you do that type of work how did you get into it originally well,
3: like <laughs> I suppose I was always like a jack of all trades, a master of none. I kind of right. done a bit of everything yeah. as the years went on. Like I left school and uh, I was I had my eldest son Aaron went just as I was doing my leaving cert. Right. Um, and when I was in school, I wanted to be a barrister. Like oh, these bit I was very right. confident and those big dreams, you know. Mm. Um, I was going to be a barrister and everything. So uh, when I had Aaron, I t- you know people thought assumed, oh there she is working class young one, has a child, yeah. you know, forget about being a barrister. So I was like, no, 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 this is not going to happen. So off I went and I said, Right, right, I'll do business studies because mm. that's, a, that's a foot into law, you know. And I went off to DIT on Angel Street, did business studies. And I hated it. Right. I absolutely hated My friend, one of my best friends still, he was in DBS across the road. I used mean, you spend most of the day just bunking off college. Uh-huh. And anyway, so... That didn't really last. No, it was killing me to leave because I knew people would think, oh, there you go now, she's going to leave. She'd yeah. be like everybody else, she'd leave college and whatever. So I had to kind of regroup and think, what am I going to do? Um, My brother at the time, he was a big support supporter of me and um, he encouraged me to kind of go to the job centre and get um career guidance and see what I was good at. So... They were saying, you're good at art and you're a creative thinker and stuff like that. So off I went there and done uh, a portfolio in art and design for a year. And mm. from there, I went on done my degree in interior and furniture design. Right. So I suppose that, that kind of links in with the business, with the design elements yeah. of it. But um, I was always big into art and creativeness and design and stuff like that. But um, when I was finishing up the degree the year before, I had my second son, Nathan. And old are you at this stage. How old was I then? Was it 25 or 26 or right. something when I finished the degree? Yeah. So, um, or maybe it was a bit, maybe it was 27. But um, finished the degree 2008, 2009, I think it was. And of course, smack bang in the middle of a recession. So mm. there was no work. Yeah. So I had to think now, how am I going to recreate myself again? Like, you know, what am I going to do? Right. So um, off I went and thought, I'm going to be a, an art teacher. So I started volunteering in the local Ute Reach and down in my old school in Margaret still doing art teaching. And I'd done that for about six months, thought I'd got to be an art teacher. Went for the art teaching course in NCAD and I didn't get in. And I was absolutely devastated. I was like, what am I going to do? But anyway, during my time working in Ute Reach, um, I absolutely just fell in love with those type of young people, mm-hmm. those kids. Like I still see some of them today. That was like, Jesus, two thousand and nine, uh, and I still see them and they chat away to me and everything. But there was just something about them. Um, also, but do you know yeah. what?
2: I just have to stop it there. There yeah, was obviously something can't. about you because, like, you you have two sons at this stage at twenty seven. Yeah. You're from Ballymun originally. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, majority of people coming from a disadvantaged area. Um, wouldn't really have many supports available to them. So, like, your, you said your brother was a great support yeah. to you. So your family life was that, yeah. like, where you're from, like, a good supportive kind yeah. of solid home that yeah. gave you that kind of, like, form,
3: you know, yeah. that yeah.
2: foundation, yeah. really.
3: Yeah. Well, I suppose there's a, there's a couple of things you've mentioned there. Uh, one would be my brother. Mm. Um, But, unfortunately, in 2008, the the same year that I kind of was leaving college, same year I had my son, actually, my second son, mm. yeah. Uh, my brother died at 21 in, in the February and my son Nathan was born in the October. Right. So with all this kind of going on, now that was absolutely devastating. Like 21, yeah. my best friend, such a supporter, such a, like, So he, he just, he was brilliant. Like to me, he was just, he yeah. was my best friend. But he was what, like I would class as a typical Ballymun lad. Right. You know, he was in trouble. He dropped out of school. He was out with the lads on the blocks. So he started robbing cars and all. Um, and he just kind of went down that road. But as you said about the the family part of it, the support of family. Mm. I was thinking about this today. And um, like we weren't that type of family. I didn't think um, the type of family we would say. Uh, I don't know if this is something that you say in town. But right. we would kind of cla- say that we were ghetto snobs. Is that a phrase? Oh, right. No, guess? I've
2: never heard about I know exactly what you mentioned. <laughs> you know mean. But my nanny just used to call me in. She'd say, it'd be like, say, for example, if everyone used to go out on a Saturday night after that bath with wet hair and pyjamas. And I'd be like, please let me go out. <laughs> and um, she'd call me into the hall and she'd say to me, you're not like everybody else. And I'd be like, she's a snob. <laughs> I am like everyone, you know. But in actual fact, um, I wasn't. You know, I just, I just wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, there's just some, I think um, sometimes like depending on your family unit or if you're from a certain place or whatever, there's always a couple of people that are just kind of reaching that little bit, Yeah. you know, and I suppose it's just a natural drive, but when you are talking to me, I kind of definitely picked up on the fact that you might have been one of them. A ghetto snob. <laughs> <laughs> ghetto
3: snob? Well, I do class as what my nana has is she always has Kerrygold butter. Right. In her butter dish. Right. And a spare block in her fridge. Yeah. So to me, that's that's yeah. a ghetto snob. you, yeah. know? you That's go well, doing well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you have, Your socks are always snowy. Yeah. Your Kerrygold is in your fridge. <laughs> <laughs> your <doing well. laughs> <You're> meds. <made. laughs> But um yeah, that's, so they yeah. we were like you know we weren't a family that was like there was no drugs, there was no drinkers, there was yeah you know we were just a normal family me ma looked after our house like something fierce, do you know yeah. what I mean um to me we we're just a normal family but looking back now because I work with lads who would have been like me, brother Sean mm. um uh, looking back um our dad died mm. when I was 11. So I just feel like my brother, like I get that sense from lads now where... they're they're reaching they're looking for something you Mm. know they're looking up to the older fella who sells drugs on the corner or whatever the case may be Mm. and i just found that that was like my brother he always looked up to the older lads he wanted to be liked he wanted to be like them and i think he was always just looking for something and then Mm. i don't know
2: i think in a way it can be kind of circumstantial too like i remember being a kid and uh there's definitely elements of my childhood where I would have looked at people that were, you know, like, you know, all carrying on barbers or whatever. And I definitely did get involved. Um, But I remember there was one girl who used to come into the flats all the time. She'd moved there. She bought a house and uh, she got married and she had a car. And when she'd come in, it'd always be like, oh, Pamela bought a house. Oh, Pamela bought a car. <laughs> and I remember them kind of talking about when they like, who she thinks she is sort of thing. You yeah, know, like, I yeah. am suppose like, you know, when you're just doing what you can, you're doing your best and you're trying to provide for your kids. And the young one that used to live in the flats is coming in after buying, you know, it's a bit kind of like, I yeah. don't know, off putting for the, the women or whatever. Yeah. But I used to be there going, I'm going to be like Pamela. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I was like, I am going to yeah. be like Pamela. Yeah. Um, and, but then there was elements through my teenage years where I'd go off and be wanting to be like somebody else and all, you know? So, but then luckily as I got older, I met certain friends and me now husband and all them influences and stuff kind of guided me to where I am now. So exactly suppose you just kind of, you have it in you, but then you fall into, to it. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I feel the life I'm in now, I was always going to be there. Yeah. But there was definitely a stage in my teenage
3: years that I could have to either yeah. way. I feel like, as well, like coming from a disadvantaged area or a working class community and being a woman, mm. uh, like ju- even just being a woman, but then being a woman from a disadvantaged community, like it's so hard. Yeah. This just can't. And I see it with the young women that I work with in the project, like. They're, they're always there's so much pressure on them all the time it's nearly like there's a push for them to fail yeah you know that kid that wanted to be a vet when they were in school yeah. and now they work in the local spa or do you know what I mean yeah. like there's always that and I don't know whether it's a self-sabotage whether it's circumstances I actually feel it's confidence a lot of the time yeah. because like I've had them struggles as I said when I went to DIT to do a business I thought I don't fit in here. I, th- this is just, yeah. you know, like I was the only person from Ballymun, I'd say, in the whole college. And now yeah. That was in the year 2000. Yeah. And I'd say I was the only person from the north side in my class. Mm. So I just, you know, that's that was the first time in my life where I started to doubt myself. Before yeah. that, like anyone who would have known me from school I was very confident, you yeah. know, and I was very sure yeah. of what I was going and to look, do. look, when
2: you're in a situation like that, like if I'm even reflecting back on them teenagers, you're absolutely right. Because, yeah, I started to strive to be like other people that weren't doing as well. But it's it was easier to do that because it's yeah. more difficult to be like, well, no, I'm going to be different and I'm going to go for it. Yeah. You know, to stand up there and be the individual that's, oh, you, you yeah. nearly laughed at
3: of course you know of course mm. and i always like admire people like you know who get into music or acting or those sorts mm. of things because jays a lot of that's that stuff yeah. in the community would be like you yeah see your one or your man they think they're great oh, they're, no. do you know what i mean like it's very rare that people like that are supported mm. within yeah. the community like yeah nearly that as you said oh you're one who bought the house like it's
2: yeah, and it's like it's refreshing to hear you say that, actually, because sometimes I feel there's, you know, you don't want to come off like you're a friend in your community or where, they, where you've come from. Yeah. But in a way, like a lot of people within certain areas can become sort of like institutionalized within yeah. that way of life. Yeah. Um, so nearly when they do make it, they're kind of going like, you know, I'm proud of where I come from and that But they never actually do speak about the negative effects of... Yes the mentality of the people in that area. Yeah. You know, nearly our fear again of what know, people are going to think of them. Yeah. You know, this is not a conversation where you're in any way, you know, want to offend anybody of or, course. you know, but but I I do feel like people are nearly afraid to touch on that subject of yeah, that.
3: Yeah. yeah. And I think I probably wouldn't even still think about it as much, only the fact that I still see it yeah. with the young women in the project. like Yeah. It's, you know, it kills me. You know, they get to an age and they just nearly think, well, what else am I going to do? Mm. I think I'll have the baby. Or, I- I come here, it happens. you know and it's not the end of the world Mm. but for that young person who wanted to own their own business or they wanted to you know and of course they can still do those things you know
2: well of course they can still do them things and that's i think the whole point of us sitting down having them this conversation is letting people know that you can do them but when you come from areas where we come from you're you're dealing with things a lot earlier on and than what you you really should or you're experiencing things that you've you should, some people never experience like you might exactly. have drugs in the home or you know you've lost your brother yeah. very young and obviously that can happen loads of times but there's just it's more common within those areas exactly for the these trauma. things to happen and yeah. you know because like I mean I'm 21 and for the level of trauma I've experienced I'm bleeding sitting down doing a podcast. <laughs> do you know like it's It can be really, really heavy. Yeah. Um, so it makes it harder to push forward and to reach for them things and to try and instill that confidence in yourself. Definitely. So what does the
3: project do to try and get the girls going? Yeah, well, different things. Like we run different groups. Um, I, I had set up a young women's mental health group. Right. But I had to take the words. It was funny. I had to take the words of mental health out of it because they didn't want to come but they came to all their other <laughs> groups yeah, so yeah. they were coming to their group on a Monday and a Friday but they wouldn't come to Tuesday because that was about mental, mental health. health and I was laughing because I was saying such a name?" we t- I just just the young women's group right <laughs> took right. mental health over yeah. but the funny thing is we were talking about the same things all the time I just thought we'd have a focus on, on it, it. Yeah. On, a, on a particular day mm. but that wasn't really working but it's more it's about the conversations you mm. know what I mean you're I always think... pushing them and probing them and yeah. you know trying to build their confidence.
2: It's another thing of like women like that, like they need to feel like, because I know even being one, that you need to feel like you have your shit together you yeah. know like because you're dealing with a lot of stuff so to even uh go into a women's mental health group is kind of oh, admitting a vulnerability yeah as well you know oh, you're kind yeah. of going and there and going actually do you know i'm not okay with all of this yeah. and that's really hard to do yeah
3: yeah because in actual fact you're walking
2: around saying yeah i can i can handle it." Yeah, yeah
3: exactly yeah and to some of them like They've had so many traumas, do you know, Like yeah. as we've just said, like we've experienced traumas mm-hmm. and then, you know, some, they're a lot younger than us. But yeah, the, the trauma that they've experienced, are like, oh, it's not right. It's no. not right at that young age to yeah. have had to have put up with some of the things they've had to, yeah. they've had to deal with. So
2: it's not, I, I never look back, um, luckily, like, you know, I've so many hires in my life, got my family and you know, and yeah I have experienced certain levels of traumas and stuff like that. But I uh I love all the in between stuff. You know, like the the experiences, yeah. the life experiences after giving me like even now at this age I really feel ready um for anything. Like even going through it you know, I'm now going through a potential loss and well okay. it's inevitable. And uh that can be that can be hard and it's scary, especially when you've experienced it already. And yeah. now I have even more pressure to keep things together because you have a responsibility to your family. Exactly. But the like the learnings that I've learned throughout all of them years and all of them experiences, like I don't think had I not have it went through all of that stuff, would I be? as strong and able and capable as what i am now do you know like so yeah definitely yeah i see like it's brilliant that you do that sort of work and there might only be what one in ten that
3: it like what you know yeah i know i we always say that you'd be like you can't save them all but you'd be like jesus if i could save one or two of them you know i'd be doing well and look there are success stories, you know. Yeah. Like I bumped into a lad he works down in Tesco's and he was like, Oh, I work here full time now, Claire, and I'm doing great and all. And yeah. I was like, That's great. And he's like, Are you still up there fighting the good fight? And like a little outlet. <laughs> <Elflet laughs> yeah. And I said, say, ah yeah, you know, someone has to do it. And he says, Well, you know what works for some of us, Claire. Yeah. And, oh, stop, my heart nearly jumped down my chest. Oh, and I was like, I like, but that's, like that's a win for him, having yeah. a full time job. Like he was involved in lads that like, are yeah. now in big trouble. Yeah. And now he's not. He yeah. has a full-time job. Mm. You know, one of our other lads, who was, jeez, he was heading down an off-road. Now he's doing his apprenticeship in plumbing. And he's gone up the north now to do that part of it and all. And, you know, so... So that uh, alone. So with yeah. all
2: that being said, right? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> You take all of this from your work, you know, and you sound like you absolutely love it and you're all for it. So why did you feel the need to start a business? So you started I Nancy Days. Yeah. Explain the business for us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, la- well, it was probably, I was on maternity leave. So Nancy is the last baby. So she's two. And when I was on maternity leave, I was like, when I was in school, actually, one my business teacher used to always say, you'll own your own business someday, mm. you know, and, you know, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, but I always wanted to kind of do a bit of everything, you know. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, looking for the next thing to do. So, of course, what else would I be doing on maternity leave? Only looking for something else to do. Yeah. So, we decided I'm going to set up a business, um, baby products. And, you know, because I was shopping for baby products constantly online, looking yeah. up different things. And I was like, oh, do you know, like... I'd like a shop now that had that and I had this and or I could design these things because I had experience in yeah. design so I was like you know I could be designing different things and and whatever so I was just ticking along going you know trying little bits and bobs making like making homemade things and designing things and getting them in and I was just kind of pottering along and um then my cousin says to me, there's a, Arnott's are doing a thing called Pitch 21. And it's, you know, you could get your business into Irons and all. And I was like, ah, here, that won't, mm. it won't be me, you know what I mean? But I said, I'll throw in the application anyway. And um, yeah, I had to go do a pitch and all. It was like Dragon's Den. And mm. um, I was thinking, oh sure, isn't that a great experience? Isn't it great for people to see my product? Yeah. An, an idea, really, because yeah. I was nowhere near as far as the other business as far along as the other businesses were. Mm. But, um, yeah, I got into the final and I got my products into Arnits for Christmas. Deadly. Yeah. And, like,
2: at this stage, you had no social media presence or no. anything like that. There was literally
3: no. I had, like, 100 followers or something. I had people, like would follow me that, you know, word of mouth or whatever. Yeah. I heard you have a business. Will you get get us a few bits? Will you send us a gift box or whatever? Yeah. So I was doing a little bit like, but I'd, I'd done nothing. Like I pu- mm. hadn't pushed anything at all on social media or anything. Yeah.
2: And that being the way of the world now, mm.
3: because it's so
2: like, your success, um, unfortunately, in today's society is nearly like, uh, judged or valued on yeah. how many followers yeah. or how much, um, of a platform you have on social media, so you went in there, yeah, um, tough, miles behind, you, you know, like not <laughs> with anything at all, yeah. So would that, was that a factor
3: in your confidence? Oh, definitely. Like I, I went into other businesses. Some of them had thousands of followers. Some of them had tens of thousands of followers, mm. and they just seemed so confident and so sure about what they were doing. Mm. And like that, like this it's very same as going into business college when I was nineteen. I just felt like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. these are, like, it's a lot of middle class people and I'm going in with my Ballymun accent going, what am I doing? Like, oh, yeah. I haven't got a clue what I'm so doing. What? So stressed out. I, I, I was so st- stressed out for mm. so long doing it. But So what kept you going in it? Um, I suppose, like, I don't like to, to fail at things. Like, if I put my mind to something, mm. I'm like, right, I'm like going to see it through. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of, kept going trying not to think too far ahead thinking day on day and just trying to kind of push myself but like I'm disappointed in a way because like I feel like I didn't make the most of it I should have maybe took time out of my other job Mm. to focus on it you know or different things like that where I could have really kind of given it 110% but I just felt like I was on autopilot the whole time I was there yeah I was just trying to do everything do yeah yeah it was, it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot to do. Now, obviously, I don't regret doing it because yeah. it was such a platform for the business. Mm. Like, the support I received from family and friends going in, taking pictures of it and putting it on their Instagram yeah. and all, I'm saying how proud they were of me for getting that far. And
2: and sure, like, even having that like that epiphany there about th- what you sh- would have preferred yourself to yeah. do. Like, you know now what, what you're... you're setting out to do with your business now so it was a great learning experience for you in a way like oh you know? definitely
3: like yeah. it's just unfortunate like I do think Jesus if I'd have been where I am now with the business going into it mm-hmm. it would have been a completely different experience for me do you know what I mean yeah I just felt like I was always playing catch up compared to the other businesses but
2: that was equally because a load of different factors you mm. didn't prioritise that yeah. business in your many many things to do <laughs> and um, obviously a little
3: bit of imposter syndrome there oh, as well 100%. and getting in getting yeah. in
2: in your own head like you know Oh
3: yeah yeah that's where it creeps back in again you know like you can put all these things in place to try stay positive and keep your mindset and your own mental health in as good a shape as possible yeah you know and i do do those things like i go to the gym and i mm. spend time with my family and try to spend time with my friends you know you try to do them things but it's it's hard and it's those doubts get back in your mind again mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard You're listening to that little voice saying Claire what the fuck like yeah. you're just a girl from Ballymone what are you doing mm-hmm. in Ireland selling your products like
2: and now you know, that you know like so next time you're going in you're pitching your business again or the next move that you make yeah. with this business because I'm assuming it's still all go oh
3: yeah full throttle You yeah. so, just got to a thousand followers there today ah day the day.
2: congratulations <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I love that. That's not the sole focus of your business. Like yeah. you do it because you enjoy doing it. It's yeah. not about a social media platform. And I think the reason that why I wanted to bring up that point as well is because there's such emphasis mm. on having a social media platform. You don't necessarily need it for your business to succeed. No, or it doesn't like it. That doesn't rate your business. No, do you know, like of course yes, no. it can help. It helps drive my business all the time. Yeah, it's nearly like a portfolio. You know, like. Word of mouth drives my business. And then, if people um, are like, oh, very good, I'll have a look at it, it gives them an opportunity to have a look at the walk and feel comfortable before they come in. So, it's a great helping hand, but it's not the be all and end all. And it definitely wasn't for yours. No, no. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's next? Like, so how can people purchase your products or where do you sell them? Or?
3: Yeah, well, I'm online, um, nancyds.com, N A N C Y D S.com, mm. um, and I'm on Instagram. Nancy D is baby. Um I literally just finished up in Arnett's last week. They kept me on until July. So Brilliant. Um I literally finished there last week. So yeah, it's like thinking what's the next move going to be? Um, you know, people were saying to me, Would you not approach different shops, different types of shops and stuff like that? So Yeah, and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous brand. The yeah. products are absolutely beautiful. Funny enough, that's one thing that I was always confident about was the products. Yeah. I was never worried about the products. Mm. Um, it was just me. It was yeah, it's funny. Like, and I was like, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah, I'm a designer.
2: But what's the difference between like, like so many of us like would sit there with an idea for a brand or a product or a potential new business. And there's a huge, huge difference in having an idea and actually turning it into something. Yeah. Like, you know, like, that's a big, big leap. Like, yeah. you know, you should be really, really proud of yourself.
3: Yeah, it's mad because people say, that's such an achievement. That's all anyone yeah. ever says about iron. It's Like, that's such an achievement. Huge. And I'm like, Jesus, yeah, it actually is. Like, like yeah. coming from just having an idea. Mm. I don't know. Like, I think if something clicks in your head and you're clear about that part of it, like, to mm. me, that was the easy part. It was like, I knew what I wanted the brand to look like. Everything down to the colours and the... How it would be photographed And the types of products And what the products would look like And what they wouldn't look mm. like You know I wouldn't just sell something Because it was trendy I had to fit in with the brand Like Yeah That was kind of the easy part um, I was thinking I was like you know, that you know we've realised that social media is is an important part of my yeah. business. I do want to set up a TikTok that would be, um, you know, maybe a help to people setting up a business. Right, because there's a, a lot of things, like practical things, yeah. that I hadn't got a clue about. Yeah. And it's like, Arnett's pushed me to the next level in that regard. I would have been still picking out different colour shoes and all now, do you yeah. know what I mean? But Arnett's pushed me in that regard, like insurance and bank accounts and... You know, those sorts of things that, Mm. you know, you don't really know until you're kind of in the thick of it. Yeah. Um.
2: That's brilliant. But that's like, that's an element of your, well, you're not so nine to five coming through there. Like your natural ability or your natural, you're naturally drawn to helping others. Like, so here's a business that you've set for yourself, uh, something that you personally want to do. Yeah. But yet now you want to transform that into helping and guiding people to around their own businesses. Yeah. It really genuinely just comes natural to you,
3: doesn't it? Like it is, i think it's just in you. Like yeah. and I, I do feel like, yeah, I wanted to set up a business, but I also that part like I I wouldn't want to have a business and just be driving it just for profit. Like yeah. I've always thought wouldn't it be great to employ local people, say, local young people if the business grew. Yeah. Or like that, help others set up um a brand or whatever you know I'd love to be like that or a mentor for business owners in the community I'd love to be doing something more focused around Moon and business mm. and either employment or whatever the case may be but yeah mm. I think that's just that's just in me that yeah. I'd have to feel like I was giving something back
2: yeah as that's well brilliant it's funny like how like the more we're talking and the more I learn about you and stuff On my initial meeting, which as well, like I said, it was like, oh my God, you have five kids. Like, (laughs) how do you cope? And it was, in fairness, yeah, it's huge that you have five kids, but you're so much more than that.
3: Yeah. Um, I hate, like, the phrase, like, I've seen people put on their Instagram, like, momtrepreneur. And I'm like, you're an entrepreneur who's a ma, yeah. or a mother, or whatever you yeah. want to call it, but you're an entrepreneur. Yeah.
2: But like, don't you're a ma, don't try and dull, but you're, it dull
3: it down, yeah. like, you
2: know what I mean? You're a ma, but you're a mother yeah. to dollars five people. Yeah. You're not a mother to like, all the rest of us do you know what i mean you're yeah, so much more than that that's yeah. just one element of your life rightly it's the most important one to oh, you of course but it's not it doesn't define who you are like exactly. as a person
3: yeah 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 and it's hard to you know yourself it's hard to get the balance sometimes as well and the guilt sets in then you know am yeah. i spending spend enough time with my own kids am i doing this am i doing that um like it was something funny yesterday the kids kept saying because they were on their holidays they were like will you make cupcakes with us <laughs> and I was like yeah 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 and the day was getting away from me so I went up and I bought a tray of cupcakes already made Right. and then it went down they had their sprinkles and all I was like right whip up a bit of ice in there real quick Yeah. throw that on the ready made cupcakes and they put their sprinkles on top they thought this was the best thing ever but I was like
2: well I think that's the best thing ever because right, <laughs> like in actual fact you bake them cupcakes and they do nothing but moan until they're ready yeah yeah <laughs> So in fairness. That was a great one. You should put TikTok up. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, I love it. But yeah, sometimes you're cutting corners trying to do things like you know, to try be the best for everybody. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah, I totally get that. I feel like that a lot of the time. Like just trying to do everything. You want to kind of achieve, like, your own individual goals and you still want to feel like yourself. And, like, there's still that young person there just reaching. So is it just you and your husband that, like, rotate this whole orchestra? Or do you have other family supports?
3: Well, pretty much. Well, the way we kind of do it in our house is everybody has a job. And I'm lucky enough, Aaron is 22, And then we have a 13-year-old, Nathan. And then we have the smaller ones. So Shay, Molly and Nancy. And they're six, four and two. Right. So the two older ones have plenty of little jobs that they have to do. But I suppose in regards to juggling work and stuff like that, um, I wish I was lucky enough to be able to say I have my mum to help me. But unfortunately, she died of cancer in 2015. Mm. Now, we do have extended family that will help out in times that, you know, when you're it's, something comes up, a hospital appointment or whatever. Of course, yeah. they're always offering. But I don't have that regular support that I would have had when my mum was alive. Yeah. Where, you know, you could say, well, at least my mum has them Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. We don't have that. Um, so you
2: lost your mum, your dad and your brother.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: you are bleeding deadly. <laughs> I have to say know, honestly. Like, the amount of times that I've sat and... Uh, Felt a bit sorry for myself about my own losses. Like, when I sit here and talk to you now, like, deadly.
3: Well, look, the thing, I was thinking about this, because I was like, I didn't know whether to talk much about loss in this. But the thing I think with losses is, like, what I, what I think, has shaped me, personally, so yeah. you can see it. It's re- the core reason I got into work would have been because of my brother. Yeah. You know, I'd had no experience with that type of life if it wasn't for my brother.
1: Yeah.
3: Um... You know so the, the losses they do shape who you become, like but you can't let them define you or you know take over, yeah, because they can you yeah. know, um, they can they can mm. tear you apart,
2: it can be when I think when you're little as like parents or yeah. you know motherly figures or maternal figures, it's the shift in your role I find like yeah. I'm at a stage now where my role is now shifted, like yeah, I still have me man luckily and she's a great help and great support but we don't have a typical uh motherly daughterly we're very sisterly like we're very, very yeah. friends and we do have a motherly daughterly bond as well we have a bit of everything but i am the, the mammy in a right. way you know and i'm kind of like me ro- since me nanny has gone me role is uh is changed you know i'm now like the mom and i kind of look after everybody and stuff yeah so it can be the shift of the role i find a little bit like you have to accept that you're you know you're not the baby anymore basically yeah. it's like you need to grow up now
3: yeah you yeah. know that can be yeah I, like i find my ma's brothers and sisters they look at me like one of their sisters now yeah that's the way they treat me yeah you know yeah and it, in a way it's kind of sad like you know yeah like,
2: well yeah because like you could sometimes you just need a bit of console and like you know you might just need a little hug as old as you get or things are getting you know yeah. so i would love to ring me down and say i'm not gonna believe it yeah you know like but i suppose yeah like you said you just have to kind of like um get on with it. like i do believe i'm very open i have spoken on other podcasters about Knowing that people are around you, I'd be very spiritual and things yeah. like that. So I definitely feel like that they're there and they're helping and guiding it and stuff. And I think the rearing in itself has set me up in any way for my life and my responsibilities, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but my nanny schooled me. It was nearly, in, in like, borderline brainwashing. <laughs> now you know I won't be here forever, mind you, man. You know, like I was oh, literally, Jesus. yeah, I swear to God, oh. yeah. And the voice still resonates in my head all the time. So oh. that in itself is like, it's like support from, yeah. You
3: know? <laughs> well, what I always think is that like, I was lucky to have my mom for as long... Like, I've girls in the project, for example, who their mom died when they were younger. Yeah. And I always think, like, little things. So, say I'd be going around once, and I'd open the tray of eggs mm-hmm. to make sure none of the eggs are broke.
2: Yeah.
3: And they dare the things that your ma tells you. You know, yeah. when, you, you know when you're in the supermarket, yeah, make sure you the check time, their yeah. eggs.
2: No one told me that. I just got stung with it. <laughs> you know, when you get home, you're like, a box! <laughs> <laughs> but my but mom yeah. would have
3: told me that, or she would have... There's all yeah. these little things that she would have said when you're putting on tights. And now that's something I forgot until I had two little girls. Right. To put your finger all the way to the toe. Yeah. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? And then scoop it up. Yeah. And like those little things, like... Or I do think, I'm lucky that I got that, that yeah. time with mm. my mom. Like, you know, where there's g- kids... I do think, oh, who tells them these things? Like, one of our girls in the project had a baby mm. and she was ringing me, asking me, What do I do with this? And what do I, what do I? Do? And I was like, She's now mommy to tell her, yeah, I should help her. Like, I remember bringing Aaron home and you know, I've been wind them like this and ridden a trauma up in their shoulder and you know, all the little things. I'm like, yeah. you, At least I, I, I got that, yeah, you know what I mean. I got that time, yeah, it's like,
2: a great way to look at it,
3: yeah. Well, that's it's because, survival. It, it must be yeah I think it's growing up in a working class community you just learn survival tactics yeah. isn't it like, yeah you do but what do you
2: really hope people uh, take from this conversation today
3: yeah well the thing is like I always think and it's something that I'm always trying to focus on with my own kids and with the kids I work with in the project um, mm. it's just like trying to always push yourself forward trying to always have that confidence trying to you know be the be, you know, without sound cheesy, the best version of yourself mm. or whatever the case may be. Because, you know, there's nothing worse than looking at that child, as I said, that had all these hopes and dreams and then they just, whatever, just think life gets in their way. Yeah. Don't let life get in your way. Yeah. Just go. Go out there and grab it by the balls because <laughs> nobody, you know, no that one's literally. going. to Yeah, like <laughs> nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah, you know. And surround yourself with people who Definitely. will support that. Like yeah. that's so important. Like, mm. you know, my partner John. Like, we support each other like that. We're very kind of driven in that way. Yeah. Um And you need that. And I and the friends I have around me would be like that. Mm. And the family and I, ask I have. So how
2: yeah. would you advise people like so? I know exactly what you mean by mm. having the right people around you, but like especially pe- young people, like how do they know? Are he, any people of any age? How do you det- How do you know who is good for you or not?
3: Well, I've noticed over the past, the past few years, in particular, I started to kind of move away from people who are negative. Mm. You know, the, like I don't like people who pass comment on people's appearance Mm. or different things like that. You know, I've moved away from that as years have gone on. Mm. So people who are like that, who are very kind of past remarkable, as my ma would say. (laughs) uh, You know, they're too much comments on people's weight or what they look like. You know, I I don't do that anymore. It's obviously something you used to fall into when you were younger, but that's not what I'm about um, so I don't like to people to be around me that Because you can feel it draining your energy That's exactly it It's yeah. the
2: feeling that people live with you isn't Yeah, it? yeah. yeah. So And you that know, negative yeah.
3: You know if people are negative around you all the time mm. Then you nearly feel you're starting to be negative And you're yeah. giving out about things That you don't need to give out about Yeah, You know life's too short to be spending your life Giving out and yeah. moaning about things So
2: it's really just assess how you're feeling When you're around them in the conversation Or especially when you just have left them it's how people it's leave how, you, definitely, isn't it? Yeah, like, you I know. Think I, know that, yeah. I have a very small group of friends, um, but it's definitely quality over quantity yeah, for me. Like 100%. every time I leave any one of them, I feel revived, better. refreshed, better. Exactly,
3: it, that's a hundred percent. Like I'd be the same. I keep my circle small these days, mm. and like the friends that I'm with, like me two best friends, we were at Diana Ross there two weeks ago, and like all we did was laugh and smile. And you know, yeah. and that's all we uh, we went to Bilbao there a couple of months ago, and that's all we did the whole weekend. We just everything was just you felt better. Yeah, from and it. it's like yeah, You know,
2: like, because I think in this podcast, we're after covering a lot of heavy stuff, yeah. you know, which come whether you like it or not. Yeah. But so at least what you do have control over is who you
3: spend your time with. Exactly. So the of the better. And it's definitely that, the walking away, it's what you feel. Yeah. Have you got that feeling in your stomach? Yeah. Or, you or do know, you even feel good after it? Like, yeah. you know,
2: it, you definitely should feel great after being around the right people. Yeah. You
3: should live buzzed up. Yeah. I think. Like sometimes like I would have been around people years ago where they're they're so negative that they wind me up mm. and they like impact how I was reacting to yeah. situations yeah. then.
2: So you can nearly see our body language yeah. kind yeah. of just tighter. Even in and your relationship
3: and, and all, like to be saying, giving no out about different things that was really none of their business. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then that's affecting how I then that would have affected how I would have reacted to situations and I can't be around that anymore. Yeah. Like I, you know, I've enough going on. Yeah, I just need to be around people that make me feel better, and hopefully, I make them feel better. Yeah, well, you, you definitely know?
2: made me feel better today. <laughs> I'm Thanks. telling you, I d- it was brilliant. And I knew this chat was going to be good. I knew, I knew people would take a lot from you. Um, but I really only tipped the surface, which when I met you a couple of times in the shop. Yeah, like chatting to you today, like the like honestly, just delighted that you came. Thanks so much Thanks now, for doing it. Now, before we finish up, have you got a nanny mantra?
3: Yeah, well, I was thinking about it. My nanny, she, of course, she has all these little sayings that nannas say. Yeah. But the, the main thing I'm always telling people about my nanny is that she knows how to look after herself. And that's one thing that I take from her. Oh, I she, love her. Oh, my God. Like, she's ridiculous. She never washes her own hair. She goes to the hairdressers on a Wednesday and a Saturday. Right. The hairdresser does her hair. She puts tan on the ends of her legs. Because she wears three quarter bombs. <laughs> she gets her eyelashes and so her they're eyebrows. They're just cutting
2: the corner. Thing. Oh yeah, just cut, <laughs> they're cutting the corner. That must be where I learned
3: it. She gets her eyebrows and her eyelashes tinted. Right. Uh, she's actually asking me about Revitalash. She wants to grow her own eyelashes. Yeah. But anyway, that's my point with me, nana. She knows how to look after herself. And she always does it. No matter mm. what. She's only on her pension now, but that's no matter yeah. what, she will always look after herself. And that's one thing I've learned is you have to look after yourself.
2: Well, see, that's the sole purpose of the nanny mantras because that era of women, they were the self care before it was even a yeah, thing. This is it. You know, like definitely yeah. we can all take a little bit of that. Taking a bit of time of yourself. Definitely. Getting your eyebrows and your eyelashes tinted and yeah. add a beauty salon. Yeah, of course. (laughs) 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 Now, going through stuff, you can look a little bit drained. I have an LVL kit in my bag that I'm trying to lift my lashes the last god knows, many days. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm literally throwing you (laughs) outside (laughs) and watch Love Island. (laughs) Come here, thanks a million. No worries. Um, I will be here again soon if you're nosy enough. You think you can handle it? Do you think you could?